The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And he went a little farther. He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Gospel reading today, we heard Jesus call two sets of brothers, Simon and Andrew and James and John. We listen to these accounts each year with an ear for how the Lord is inviting us into ministry in our time and place. This Wednesday is a day set aside by the Church as a commemoration of three very special women who also ministered in the early Church. Why should we know about them? According to our founding documents, we, as Lutherans, pay attention to the saints, the faithful ones who have gone before us, for three reasons. First, we give thanks to God for giving faithful servants to the Church. Second, when we remember how God worked through them, our own faith is strengthened. And third, they are examples of faithful life and holy living that we may want to imitate according to our own calling in life. So on January 27th, Dorcas, Lydia, and Phoebe are commemorated as faithful and bold women who are witnesses to the faith. Let's spend some time with these amazing women today, giving thanks for their life and witness, and through their example, listening for our call. I'd like to begin by saying just a few words about Dorcas and Lydia to remember and honor them, and then go into more detail about Phoebe. Dorcas, called a disciple, and also known as Tabitha, was a well-known and much-loved for her acts of charity in the city of Joppa, especially for making clothing for those in need. When she died suddenly, and I think this is such a tender detail, all the widows gathered, weeping, and showing one another the clothing that Dorcas had made for them. Members of the, of the community went to get the Apostle Peter, who came and raised her from the dead. You can read about her in Acts chapter 9. Lydia was a businesswoman, a dealer of purple cloth, which was the most expensive and sought-after dye in the Roman world. She worshipped God in the synagogue. When the Apostle Paul encountered her in prayer with a group of women, he shared the good news of Jesus with them, and they became believers. 
Lydia and her friends became the center of the Christian community in Philippi. You can read about Lydia in Acts chapter 16. So much more can and should be said about Dorcas and Lydia, but now I would like us to turn our attention to Phoebe. We learn about her from Paul's letter to the Romans. Now, most of Paul's letters were written to church communities he himself had already founded. This letter is different, however, because Paul did not start the church in Rome. He was planning to visit them and wanted to introduce himself and his gospel message to the church before his arrival through this letter. When he wrote it, he was living in Corinth. When the letter was completed, he needed to have it delivered to Rome. At the end of his letter in chapter 16, he extends greetings to many people, and interestingly, more than a third of them are women. But first, in verses 1 and 2, as you heard, he introduces Phoebe. Her name means shining. Paul writes, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sencre, so that you may welcome her in the Lord as is fitting for the saints and help her in whatever she may require of you, for she has been a benefactor of many and of myself as well. Two verses about this woman say so much. In fact, one scholar said, this is the clearest cluster of recommendatory language in any of Paul's letters. First of all, Paul commends Phoebe to them. To us, that might seem like just a pat on the back. But in the ancient world, and think no email or cell phones or texting, with only letters and speech, a letter of commendation could open doors and give instant credibility. It was very important to Paul that Phoebe be well received by the community in Rome, and so he introduced her with great care. He calls her our sister, not just my sister, but our sister. In other words, Paul expects the Roman Christians to treat Phoebe like their own sister, even though they have never met her. It is not only believers within a particular Christian community who are to regard each other as family, but all Christians everywhere. Phoebe is part of their family. Paul tells them that she is a deacon in the church at Sencre, a person of stature, a leader. Paul uses this same term of deacon to describe himself and others who engage in preaching and teaching ministry of the early church. And Sencre is a port city that's close to Corinth. Paul encouraged them to welcome Phoebe. This is not a throwaway word. As one scholar noted, Paul used a verb commonly employed in diplomatic correspondence for receiving a messenger. This is a big deal. He requests that they welcome her and help her in whatever business she may have, which may be church matters on behalf of the church in Sencre, or perhaps she has business of her own. Finally, Paul wants them to know this about her. Phoebe is a benefactor or patron of many people, including himself. One last little word study. The word Paul uses for benefactor is prostatus, 
which refers to a female patron of high standing. He only uses this word once about someone in his writings, and he never uses the male form of it, so she must have been a singularly generous person of some means, which she used to support those in ministry in Jesus Christ. It's likely that as a benefactor and living in a port city, she extended hospitality and assistance to believers passing through. Her financial means would also have made it possible to undertake the very long journey from Corinth to Rome, a significant investment of money and time. So for all of these reasons, the Roman Church should heartily welcome this generous, committed, trustworthy woman into their community. Here's what's making my heart beat faster, and it would be easy to miss. The manner in which Paul introduces Phoebe in his letter to the Romans indicates that it was Phoebe herself who delivered the letter. The original letter that becomes the book of Romans in our Bible was entrusted into her hands. One scholar wrote, Never was there a greater burden carried by such tender hands. The theological history of the Church through the centuries was in the manuscript which she brought with her. The Reformation was in that baggage. The blessing of multitudes in our day was carried in those parchments. Another wrote, A woman walking up the Roman road hugged a secret. Hidden beneath her robe was the future of Christian theology. For she bore with her a letter to the church in Rome that would spell out, like no other document ever written, the implications and significance of the gospel. Imagine a trip of over 600 miles from Corinth to Rome, some by land and some by sea, holding close and protecting and delivering a letter, a message. Think of the message she was delivering. That letter frees us from wondering if we are good enough, as Paul writes, for we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. That letter offers words that have comforted many of us at graveside, as Paul writes, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor life nor death nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That letter gives us purpose and clarity, as Paul writes. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. It was Phoebe who held close and protected and delivered a letter that would be a treasure to the faithful for all time. And for that, we are grateful. Further, as someone obviously well-known to and trusted by Paul and in the tradition of first-century letter carriers, Phoebe would not only deliver the letter, but also have a role on Paul's behalf in interpreting and explaining the letter as it is read aloud by the faithful in Rome. What an incredible honor and responsibility 
for her to deliver God's word, God's love, God's teaching, message, as written by Paul to God's people. Again, as Lutherans, we give thanks for the saints as faithful servants. We are strengthened in our own faith by how God works through them. And in their example of faith and holy living, we look for what we might want to imitate. And so I'm wondering today, as we think about our sister Phoebe, deacon and benefactor, does something about her inspire you or encourage you? Her courage, her generosity, her service or her leadership, her trustworthiness, maybe something else. For me, I find myself coming back to this sense of her being God's delivery person, delivering a sacred message. I will leave you with some questions for pondering around that theme. I wonder this morning, how are you being called to be God's delivery person? What precious message has God entrusted to you, placed within you, that is yours to deliver to someone else? Does your divine message say to someone, I love you, or I forgive you, or I am sorry, please forgive me? Does it say, I see you, or I will help you, or I need your help? Does it say, God loves you and will never let you go, and I will be here too. What is on your heart today, and for whom is it meant? And is your message long overdue, or is it right on time? Either way, may God give us courage, and may the Holy Spirit guide us. Here is one message on my heart, and it is meant for you. You are God's cherished and beloved ones. And I am filled with gratitude for all of you and for the love of Christ we have received that is ours to share with our world. In the name of Jesus, amen.